Welcome to Kudan, the radio show and podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Sheehan Jeffrey Miller and Shidoshi Eric White. Sheehan Miller is the 13th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 30 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Shidoshi Eric White has been a student of Sheehan Miller's for over a decade. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you, the self-defense-minded citizen and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Hello and welcome to this next episode of Kuden. I am Eric White, joined by Jeffrey Miller. Great to have everybody here with us. Episode 51. 51. 51. 51. <laughs> 51. 51. <laughs> Yeah, now it's, uh, you know, we had a big, big uh, to-do last week with our 50th episode and just awesome how everything kind of came together, getting out on a bunch of uh, uh, the podcasting uh, sites like iTunes, Google Play, and a bunch of others, and I know more continue to get added, so I'm just I'm really excited about how uh, more and more people are going to be able to access, you know, the show each week as, as well as all the past episodes. Yeah, me too. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, let me check over on the list. We... I don't know. Maybe people don't like us that much, or they don't want to win free stuff, or whatever. We didn't have that many people um, uh, take advantage of the um, uh, the contest. Wow! So I know. So uh, I'm gonna. Um, I know. I know. There's there's a couple people that are like, ooh, ooh, why well, should win something anyway? But um, I want to make it fair to everybody, and I really want to make this uh, contest contest. So yeah. uh, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold it for another week, right? That way uh, people oh. are really jazzed about it uh, because cool. it's a contest, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's because uh, right now, uh, by the looks of things, it's uh, it, it turned into one of those uh, kids' games at a fa- at a fair where it says you know if you play you win, or everybody who plays <laughs> wins kind of thing. And that's really uh-huh. not how it's set up. So I really want this to be a contest, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine what's going to happen if we do the uh, shoot a video of your favorite uh, Tajitsu technique kind of thing, and then, uh, you know, so uh, hopefully, you know, I want to see that the contest idea is something that people actually want to do, because if it's not, you know, we'll we'll pull the pull something next week, and we'll, uh, we'll give out the prizes, and that'll be the last time we run it, because if it's not something people want to do, then I'm not going to waste the time putting together contest pages and racking yeah. my brains as to what can be the prizes and all that's just that's just pointless right so and it's fine i mean if people if that's not something people want to do that's cool but uh let's do this let's let it ride for another week i'll draw names next week uh regardless of how many names we have and then that'll be it uh and then we'll decide what we're going to do after that okay yeah um yeah and so, grand prizes uh, is spring camp i mean what <laughs> right, right yeah. 250 dollars worth of uh with a seminar, so yeah. Um, but you know, uh, if you see some of the email that I get from people who, I don't know, it's, it's almost like their intention behind their complaining and whining and pissing and moaning is they really expect me to just uproot my family and everything and move to wherever they are so that the school um, <laughs> is in their town. Like I'm going to have any guarantee that they're going to stick it out for more than a class or three, uh, regardless of their promises. Um, it's just ridiculous, uh, you know. So even if somebody won, 
uh, you know, the, the, the drive is too far or the transportation is too far. Then I'll have to afford, uh, you know, hotel or what, you know, uh, again, this, this, this art and system is about being able to endure, survive, and overcome obstacles. If you can't overcome yeah. basic obstacles, how the hell are you going to overcome some of the things that you think you want to have skills to, to, um, to be able to handle? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, yep. I just I said that to students yesterday, and I think I was having a I was having a a menopause day is what I was having, and um, <laughs> they were just I was just irritated. I mean, students couldn't stay freaking focused on something that I was pointing out across the room, and I stopped everyone and said, "If you can't pay attention to a big red and black object that I'm pointing at across the room without getting distracted." How do you ever think you're going to stay focused on somebody who wants to punch you in the throat? Seriously. Yeah. You know, uh, you're going to be caught by every distraction, every little trick this person throws, every little, every little thing, um, to, because you can't, you can't stay focused. So, uh, you know, and uh, of course this isn't a cool move, but training your mind to stay focused on what's important, whether it's a plan of action, the ninja would have called it a mission or whatever, um, is is more important than any other skill or technique that you have, because if you can't stay focused on the mission, it doesn't matter what skills or techniques you have, right? And a freaking walk off a cliff. So um, maybe there's a little bit of residual. I'm still irritated from yesterday. Um, I'm not sure, but we'll see. We'll see if the black yeah. belt's ending up end up paying paying the price tonight for class. So uh, anyway, <laughs> I'll try not cool. to be a complete well, we... ass for this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's always the most fun. Uh, so, so you know, what's great about the program is that, you know, we talk about different kind of subjects. And, and of course, it all got started with the whole Kuden idea that there's this oral transmission of training that, that doesn't happen, you know, right on the dojo floor necessarily, that there's this communication between teacher and student and kind of like letting people listen in on that. So, you know, a lot of times we bring the topics, we bring the ideas, but it's always so much more uh, beneficial to everybody when the t when the questions start coming in. So uh, I know we got a couple that we can get to, and the one I'd like to kind of touch on first, is, it comes from a person who just recently discovered the podcast, and he sent us in through the, the Facebook page. You can message us there, send us questions, post a question. Uh, and this is from Christopher, who happens to be a, a, an EMT, and he's like on duty right now, so... He wasn't sure if he could be listening in right when this started because he's on duty or if he'll catch it later. But he's discovered the podcast, and he's trying to get his way through all 50 episodes. But question came up, and he, he says that he's heard reference that Budo Taijutsu and Nimpo Taijutsu are different and is wondering if you could elaborate. So uh, he's either listening now or he's going to get this later. But uh, I think a good question coming from Christopher. Actually, that question is the foundation of the very first, uh, the first lesson. Yeah, very first lesson. So one of the things we we hit on at the very beginning of the Ninja no Hachimon ten week course, right? So if you've been through that, uh, this is going to be a review. If you haven't been through that, why the hell not? Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, so you know we. No one talked about Budo Taijutsu until uh, the Princeton Taikai in 1998. Okay? And this was on the tail end of uh, Shoto Tanamura uh, creating the, uh, the, the uh, Genbukan. And mm. um, uh, now that was in the 80s, right? But 
uh, Manaka Shihan had uh, just left the Bujinkan, created the Jininkan, and uh, he was just fed up with the lousy, lousy basics that people have. And even today, um, you know, in, um, in Japan, right, there's constant complaints about how terrible basics are that people have because um, people don't bother to ask the question, which basics are you talking about and which ones do I need to work on and what's wrong and how do I fix that, right? They make an assumption that, I don't know, what, the teachers are talking about somebody else, right? Hmm. What, the hell is, what the hell is that? Whoops. Somebody, is that somebody you? in there. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> somebody else on the call. All right. Well, we need to block I think that. we weren't we weren't muted, so we are now. We were now. Okay, fair enough. All right. So, um where the hell was I? Oh yeah. Uh so, you know, up until that point, this you know, the the armed and unarmed martial art part of this was called Nimpo Taijutsu, right? Hmm. So, um you know, you know the ninja's body arm kind of thing, right? So, uh, yeah. and it's one aspect of this thing called ninjutsu. It is not to be confused with the entirety of the art ninjutsu, right? Skills for enduring, skills for persevering. That's ninjutsu. Ninjutsu. Uh, one way to define ninjutsu is to focus strictly on the uh, on the information gathering. Well, for, just for brevity, we'll call it the spying skills, right? Uh, so the, the Nippo Taijutsu was there just in case the ninja operative got caught and needed to, you know, do a quick battle kind of thing and get out. Hmm. Um, so, uh, again, this is a, a throwback to that thing where Hatsumi made a very clear distinction that Nidutu, everything in Nidutu is a variation on conventional warrior skills. Of course, there's much more to Nidutu than what samurai worked on as well, but um, the, the stuff that does correlate, everything in Nijutsu is a variation on, and uh, it's all, you know, one of the big differentiating things is uh, the Kyojutsu Tenkan, right, or the disguising truth and falsehood. The fact that when you're doing Nippo Tajutsu, it should never be what it looks like, okay? The, whatever the attacker thinks is going on, or whatever the opponent thinks is going on, cannot be what's going on, because if it is, um, he will stop it. He will avoid it, evade it, uh, counter it, whatever, okay? So uh, going back to the Ninja no Hachimon course and the very beginning of the program where we talk about this, we very clearly define what is and what is not a ninja based on the etymology of the, the kanji and then pulling these ancient lessons forward and taking a look at this. So we break down the, the nin character, we break down the, uh, well, we break down the kanji character for ninja, um, and look at the three aspects of a ninja and all that, right? But then um, we, we take a look at uh, the, the Nimpo Taijutsu, and I think we get even more clear on that in module, I think it's in module three or four uh, in the same program where uh, it actually took two, two class sessions, right? And we're talking about two. Hmm. Uh, three to four hours of training um, yeah. uh, over the course of two nights, uh, you know, one class a week, uh, to, to, go, to go into the Nippo Taijutsu stuff. But we, we took a look again at the kanji, right, for Budo Taijutsu and Nippo Taijutsu and breaking these things down and taking a look at why one thing is one and, you know, what the other is the other, right? 
So uh, that's what I'm going to do for this class, and I'm not going to. I can't do. Uh, I can't do all of that. So if you want the full lesson, uh, you're going to need to get the program because I just we just don't have time for this, right? So to make this short, all all you need to do is take a look at the at the definition of the words being used to define uh, what it is we're talking about, right? So budo means martial ways. So it's all about combat, okay? Um, waging warfare. That kind of thing. So, Pajitsu just means body skills, right? I know it's translated as body art because that's what the kanji translates to, but the kanji is not just art, it's skills and that kind of thing, right? So, uh, Budo Pajitsu are skills for warfare, for combat. Yeah. Okay? Right. So, it typically implies uh, hand to hand stuff and all that, right? Uh, but this is also the foundation of everything that we're doing, okay? Because I know most people think of the uh, 18 levels of training in the uh, uh, in the Togakure school and all that, but you know a lot of people know that there's actually 36 because we had they had the 18 uh, skill sets for uh, for warriors, generally speaking, right? So we have to know those, and then we have to know the variations and the uh, extended lessons uh, for the ninja side of things. But either way, so Buddha ties to waging warfare, right? But if we look at Ninpo, right, which actually uses the kanji for nin, right, uh, or shinobu, uh, in this case, we're using the Japanese pronunciation of the Chinese, nin, which is the perseverance and endurance kind of thing, right? If you use the shinobu, Japanese pronunciation or Japanese word for the kanji, uh, what you're talking about is uh, the, strictly the stealth and, uh, and, and spying kind of things, right? But we use the original Chinese stuff because that's where all this stuff came from originally, right? Came from India into China, back got its spin, and then it came into into Japan. But uh, so we're looking at the kanji for nin for endurance, perseverance, overcoming uh, odds, uh, surviving challenges, and what it really comes boils down to is surviving, right? Surviving against overwhelming odds. Um, and then uh, the kanji there isn't a kanji for pole. Uh, you can write that out in kana, but you can't write it in kanji. The kanji is hmm. the kanji for whole, H-O, which um, literally means, uh, and it can mean way, uh, but it's more of a universal thing, right? It means truth uh, or path or uh, there's a couple of different translations for it, but it's a universal law kind of thing, like the law of nature, the law of the universe hmm. kind of thing, right? So uh, what we're looking at here. Uh, when we say uh, ninpo, we're talking about uh, the universal laws of survival or the universal laws of nature, right? So uh, ninpo, paijutsu, then, are body skills or body art for enduring or surviving. Enduring or surviving what? Well, I don't know. What's coming at you? Is it a dog attack? Is it uh, stress from work and a uh, relationship that's that's caving and, you know, your body's feeling the, the effects of it. Is it, uh, you know, you're about to go off a cliff in a car because you hit a patch of ice or uh, what is it, right? <laughs> so um, does Nippo Taijutsu include Budo Taijutsu? Yes. Is it uh, the same thing? No. Okay. So uh, it is an extension on and it's the ninja's way of applying that. But, Again, I'm going to go back to Tai Kai 1998 in Princeton, New Jersey, because, and I'm not going by based on what I heard other people say, because uh, that's like the game telephone, right? Um, I was there when he said it, 
right? Well, since they said people are not getting this, okay? Um, and without an understanding of this art, people will are and will continue to hurt other people. They'll hurt themselves and all that. So uh, that was, I think, either the year of or the year immediately after Takamaka uh, uh, had left the Budokan and formed the Jinokan and was focusing on basic basics, okay? Uh, like, mm. like, like, uh, like Gestapo style kind of thing, right? You get one mm. of the, you make this mistake during a test, uh, like uh, the second Don test in the Jinokan, at least at that time, was all wrapped around Longstaff, okay? And the grading papers, uh, nine pages of these things, okay? Mm. And if your elbows came away from your ribs once during uh, the the, uh, the movement of the staff, you failed the entire test. Okay, so it was wow. very, very particular. Very particular, right? So uh, what Hasmisa said was um, everybody needed to study what he was teaching because it was, it was very important. They needed to know that stuff. Now, once you hit a certain rank and above, the way the Japanese uh, idea of lineage works is you had to pick a teacher and follow that teacher. So, you know, but, uh, so, uh, he very clearly said that people needed this stuff. And, uh, that's where he spun off on the whole people not understanding ninjutsu, uh, you know, even the concept of ninpo taijutsu and how everything in ninpo taijutsu is a variation on conventional warrior skills. So you have to understand and be proficient at the uh, at Budo Taijutsu before you could ever hope to approach Ninpo Taijutsu. Okay? Mm. So uh, the short answer is, yes, there's a difference, and the short answer is that's the quick and dirty of how they're different. One is strictly focusing mm. on surviving, you know, ducking punches or a knife coming at you or whatever, conventionally speaking, right? But the other one is being able to do those things in a way that you can execute your technique and the attacker or your opponent never sees what you're doing. He never, whatever he thinks he sees is not right. Okay. Um, and Nippo Taijutsu goes way, way beyond just unarmed self-defense or unarmed combat against, um, against an opponent, right? It, it's also dealing with, like I said, a dog attack or, you know, um, how will you, uh, how will you use your body uh, should you be in an accident, your car is rolling over, or, uh, or whatever, right? So uh, there's a, there's a lot more to it than that. Hmm. How about that for the quick and dirty? That's and good. It's not That's on, good, so I, I can't ask. Uh, but <laughs> you know, uh, if, if anybody's on and and they have a question or uh, have a follow up question to that, or uh, we can just ask generally speaking, was that useful to anybody? Yeah. Oh, let me get over onto the control panel here. Who do we have? How many people do we have? Oh, my God. 15 on the webcast that. side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that. We almost tripled what we had last week for the uh, 50th episode. So word must be getting out. That's yeah. cool. Yes, yeah, somebody knows about yeah. it. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I think Steve Davis is stalking. So uh, can you unlock them, see if he has any, any – not that he yeah. wouldn't have anything to contribute. That's just him. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey. How you doing, How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. I had, I had a question. Um, in our school in Pennsylvania, 
your school. Um, which one do you teach, or do you teach a combination of both? I, I get the difference, and I get how I've learned some. I probably learned some of both. But what 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 is your answer? Well, I had I had a question. Um, in our school, how did that just get? How did that just get loose? Anyway, an echo. Uh, yeah, yeah I just, that was I had somebody out that signed in late. So, uh, so the the quick answer is, uh, we start you off with Budo Taijutsu, but okay. we're always talking about the principles and concepts as a. Uh, as, as a goal to aim for, it's not until you get into uh, mod four or five and then moving into the black belt levels that we really focus on Ninpo Taijutsu. Now, that being okay. said, in the dojo, we always use the term Ninpo Taijutsu because we do more than just uh, the uh, fighting stuff, right? I mean, we do uh, self-movement. We work on crawling methods and, uh, you know, all kinds of things. So, um, right. I, I, I still use the term that I was initiated into way back in the day. Uh, you know, so does it get me into arguments with people? No, because I don't argue with people. Um, they, they can have whatever beliefs they want. Um, and uh, it's just that. So, yeah, so the answer is it's a little bit of both, but the, the yeah. general focus is on making sure that you have the Budo skills first. Like when, when you're initiated into SWORD, uh, you're initiated into the Kukishinden stuff, which is the primary school. Even though we have nine different uh, uh, different types of sword work, because each school had their own thing, uh, you know, you're given the base the Kukishinden stuff because of postures and, and all that. Um, so I don't even know that you, unless you've been to a seminar where we covered the, uh, the Shinobi Katana, you haven't been introduced to the Ninja Sword yet. So other than no. like shorter and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, because right. of these secret sword forms and, and different things like that. But um, uh, that's, that's, you know, if, if you don't know how to use the full-size sword, how are you going to use the shorter one? Because the leverage right. is different. Uh, the application exactly. is different. The drilling method is different. Uh, you know, so uh, so we introduce you to the, to the basics first. Um, and then, you know, typically I don't even give you the ninja toe or the Shinobi Katana until after you've had sword, staff, and spear because the Togakure school's sword work is based on spear, not conventional sword work. So, uh, you know, and then the way you're drawing is not uh, not conventional either. So, uh, okay. anyway, so the, the, the okay. short answer is both, but uh, we don't go into uh, hiding things until somebody gets a, a decent proficiency with Budo Taijutsu um, because things would get too loose and uh, confusing. Okay. Right? So we tend to stick to that conventional form. Does that work? Okay. Yeah, oh. that's that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, can I just mention something real quick that I found interesting? Um, James Rollins' latest book, he has part of that book about a group called the Kagi, and their training is Shinobi. And in the one scene in the book, the uh, the artist attacks with the short uh, the shorter sword, and, he, and then he uses a uh, blinding powder of his own make to attack his enemy. 
that's in his sheath. And I thought, ooh, that's somebody's done some research somewhere. <laughs> well, you know what's you know what's ironic is that a lot of people have watched the the movie Beverly Hills Ninja. It's quite old, right? Yeah. Um, but if you listen to the names of the schools and all that, uh, the central school that he's talking about is the Togakure School, but he says Togakuri, which is the mispronunciation oh. that most people use. Yeah, so um, now all the master's names and all that are all wrong because they turn into Chinese. But it's amazing how some people have, like, you know, they slide these things in, but, um, you know, but anyway. Yeah, so cool stuff. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, I'm going to meet you back out again. Sounds good. (laughs) How about that? It looks like um, Christopher asked the the question. We got this. This one topic started. He's actually, uh, even though he's, he's working there, it looks like he's on the webcast side, able to listen in, and he's uh, asked, oh, cool. where where can you find the Hachiman course? You mentioned that this is discussed in Ninja no Hachiman course. Uh, well, you have to climb a really high mountain. And then, <laughs> no, that's not right. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, we, how about if we post the uh, link to the course uh, where you can uh, enroll in the course? I'll, I'll post that link on the Kuden page. And I'll send there it out in the email that has the link to the report. How about that? That's good. So there you go, Christopher. Sure. Check uh, check the Kudem page after the show, and uh, you'll be able to find that link. Very cool. That's my story. <laughs> All right. So yeah, good. All right. So now uh, we we also else? have we also have the question that uh, Roman sent in uh, one one of your students. And I even had to ask, is this the same Roman I remember as a junior black belt when I was training at the school there? And, and he, said, yes. he said, it is. So he's all grown up yeah. now, I bet. <laughs> yeah, went away for eight years and came back. But um, the ones that, that had him beat at the dojo were two guys that went away uh, for 18 years and wow. came back to training. So uh, maybe some people uh, aren't blowing smoke when they say, I really got to get back to training. <laughs> Really? Unless you have a really good reason that's more, that the benefits of training are more important than not doing it, or it's they're more important and the benefits that you're going to gain are more important than the pain, suffering, remorse, guilt, shame, whatever it is that you're, you're dealing with yeah. from not doing it, until those two change drastically and the benefit side of the scales tips dramatically, you're not going to take action other than spotty, you know, interest kind of thing, right? So, uh, you know, lots of people have hobbies that way too, that they they like it. And, you know, some people, you know, take fishing, for example, right? I've got a guy mm-hmm. at the school that will not miss fishing things. He'll, he'll let me know two weeks ahead of time that uh, I won't be able to cover class that day. Uh, I'll be in so-and-so town. And I'll just look at him and go, yeah, I, it's, it's the first day of whatever fish kind of thing, you know? I can't miss that. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, fine, but I've got to cover your class, so when you come back to black belt class, I'm kicking the crap out of you because the fish were more important than your students. Uh, and it's a joke that we have and all that. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I think I, I know, know who this I, might I, be. I had a Jewish grandfather. I can drop guilt on people harder than a brick. So um, <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, so, um, but um, where was I going with that? <laughs> Uh, people will take time off, you know, and uh, yeah. they they'll do hobbies. So it's a fishing thing. That's what it was. So he is he is a fisherman. No, there's no doubt about it, right? I mean, 
you know, he lives, he fishes. He uh, he fishes, therefore he is, or whatever, however you want to mm-hmm. phrase that, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have other people that they, they enjoy it, and they get out whenever they have time, right? Uh, and then you have other people that say, oh, yeah, I like to fish. When was the last time you fished? Uh, 10, 15 years ago? Okay, well, you don't like fishing enough, right? Uh, yeah. And I've had a couple of teachers in my in my life where, uh, I, well, here's here's one. I, I have a student that um, uh, figuratively got kicked in the nuts uh, at uh, at the first seminar that he went to with a teacher that I had. Uh, decided to go. I was I was going for training, and he went along. And so I, I do the formal introduction of my student to this to this teacher, and. Uh, First thing out of my student's mouth was, oh, I've always wanted to meet and train with you. Oh, you know, I've given my left nut kind of thing, you know. And <laughs> my teacher looks at me and looks at him and simply says, obviously not. Uh-huh. So you can't say I would do anything. I would have done anything, you know, to train with you. And it's been 10 years. Well, obviously not. So, um, and I actually heard that from um, from another artist who came out of this guy's mouth. Uh, it was somebody who had met a like a really high end like concert pianist. This guy, the, the you know this person that I like, this was a knowing in passing, but we were at this at this event, right? And this guy played piano and stuff. I can't play piano. My fingers would tie themselves in knots. But um, this guy played the piano. And he really idolized this guy that we went to see. So we go and we see, and, and uh, we had a chance to, to meet with him afterwards. And this guy said, you know, I would do anything to have the skill that you have. And this guy didn't even bat an eye, and he said, obviously not. Because you have no idea. You know, you have no idea what these people do, right? I mean, they eat, sleep. Matsumisense has said that anybody who's successful at anything has spent at least three times more in the way of time, effort, and money than everybody else to be the skill level and the level of success that they are, right? Yeah. So, you know, you stop using phrases like, I would do anything to have. Because if you're not doing those things that are required to have that level of mastery, then the answer is obviously not. So, anyway, there's a little figurative kick in the nuts for everybody. <laughs> uh, today because I can't even say that I do all of those things, right? Um, have I been training longer? I'm training longer than 98% of the people that came to the first seminar that uh, that I went to and, and started training with me. And I don't even know if the number is as low as 98%. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was Roman. Same guy. Right? Cool, just cool. A, well, that's awesome. And he... He asks a great question here. Um, he's, he he's asking about expanding on the dragon and tiger realms. Um, and he said that you were discussing recently and, and kind of doing a comparison, I guess, of uh, Hatsumi Sensei as well as Ishizuka and Kasem and what realms they inhabit. And so it got him to wondering about the application of, of the art or if it extends to the personalities uh, of people as well. So good question, wow. Roman. That's an awesome question. That now crosses over some, to some of my other weird hobbies, which is uh, psychology and sociology and anthropology. And um, you know, you're, you're, if you're going to be studying Ninjutsu, you have to step outside of just doing, um, you know, showing up the dojo and doing sanchin and a couple of other techniques and yeah. then going home and thinking that you're doing 
need to. No, you're not. You're doing ninja and nipple taijutsu at best, budo taijutsu probably. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you need to understand. I mean, I'm not supposed to say teaches on something and makes references to uh, no plays or you know this specific uh, writer or Japanese poet or whatever. You can't just freaking nod like a horse that's eating hay uh, or whatever, right? I mean, you need to you need to do the work, right? You need to. If you're going to understand what the hell he taught, you can't just go and parrot back what he said. Now, unfortunately, that's what's happened so much. People go to Japan, yeah. they hear something, they tell something, they come back, and they just parrot him in class. Or they parrot whoever their teacher was, right, or something they read in a book. Right. Um, but if they had to explain it in their own words and use different analogies or different reference points, and that's really what, what uh, separates masters from everybody else, right? Uh, whether we're talking about Jesus or, you know, whoever, right? Gandhi, all these people, their ability, one of their major skill sets was in being able to communicate a given universal lesson using the language and reference points and jargon of the person or group that they were talking to. So if they were talking to farmers, they would use analogies that farmers could very quickly grasp because it was this universal principle that manifests for a farmer, or if they were talking to mm-hmm. carpenters or whatever, right? Uh, and you've heard me do that in class, and this is not about me ringing my own bell, but uh, I got one guy that's been a farmer forever. So when I was trying to describe things, I wouldn't just keep beating at the same dis- description. Uh, very quickly, I just pulled this thing out. And I'm not a farmer, but, you know, I have this rudimentary understanding of things that they do and how they apply things. So I make an analogy, right, for that. And that allows them to get it very quickly. If I'm talking to somebody who's a carpenter, I do the same thing. If I talk to somebody who's a minister, I do the same thing. Um, because if I can use references from their world, I take the, the alien and I make it common and I make it easier to understand. Right? I don't talk down to them. I don't, you know, lower the standards or whatever. I use what off the mandala and on the higher levels of training are known as skillful means, right? So um, that's the idea. And uh, so anyway, uh, so and I think we've talked about this on Kuden in the last couple of uh, episodes somewhere in there, but uh, this was a theme from uh, uh, the training in, in Japan uh, a bunch of years back. Uh, the, the slogan, Hutton said they was doing this artwork, he was doing this calligraphy artwork um, that I have a, a copy or three of, that uh, is the phrase Koltek uh, Yudoda, which means the tiger below, the dragon above. So hmm. uh, what we're talking about here are two different realms of training. And this can be seen in different ways in the, in the, in the, tra- in the art, right? If you look at the, the Togakure scrolls or the even, uh, no, I, it would be the Togakure scrolls because uh, on the Koto it's a little bit different. But in the old scrolls, what you see is maybe a kanji or a strike or whatever. But before that, you see the words sayu, okay, S-A and Y-U. Now, they wouldn't have written S-A-Y-U. There's the kanji for sayu. And sayu means left and right. It's a really old way of saying left and right in Japanese, okay? Now it's hidari migi, right? So in the kotoryu scrolls, in the kudai-dori uh, scroll where the, kam- where the kamai are listed, um, the only time you see this is with Seigan no Kamae. You see Nigi Seigan no Kamae, and you see Hidari Seigan no Kamae. 
which conventionally understood its right Sagon and left Sagon. Hmm. But that's not what's being conveyed. Yes, you do it, you have to be able to do it both sides, but this Migi and Sagon, or Migi and Hidari, goes to the Sayu, and this is a reflection also of the uh, Cole and uh, Ryu, the Tiger and the Dragon Realms. Okay, so I'll get to those in a quick minute here, but I, I've got to do this to kind of allow people to catch up, otherwise their heads will explode. Um, and if comprehension is at zero, nothing I say after the thing that you don't understand is going to make any sense. So this is important when you're reading anything, reading anything by Hatsumi Sensei, reading anything, anything anywhere, if you get a, a vocabulary word or anything that you don't understand, it's scientifically proven that your comprehension drops below 10% of everything that you read after that until you take a break, come back at it, uh, and start reading something else because you didn't understand that one word or concept or whatever. So stop, mm. go get a friggin' dictionary, figure out what that is, and then come back to it so that you can comprehend what's being described afterwards. Okay? Just reading for the sake of reading and thinking that you understand everything is, it, no, it doesn't work that way. Okay? So this is part of our station techie, right? Personal clarity, understanding our limitations and being able to get over ourselves. Uh, so anyway, uh, where am I there? With dragon, dragon and type, right? So, um, uh, and the, the, I, I, well, so we, I guess we can talk about it some other time and why out of five comma, comma on the uh, Kudai Goni scroll in the Koto scroll, only Sagan has a left and right side. Not really. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. There's a left and right mm. side for all of the Kamai, right? Um, you have to remember that paper and ink were, at a, were commodities way back in the day, and they were very scarce. So they just did enough to convey the idea because your teacher was going to initiate you into the lessons and through Kuden make things more clear, right, mm. um, so that you can understand everything else. So the, the scrolls are more like crib notes than, than full-on teaching. So anyway, um, so what we're really looking at there is that the dragon realm is uh, the manners, etiquette, skills, things needed for, for success in society, okay, in society, in everyday life, okay? The tiger realm represents the skills, and I'm going to use the word etiquette and things like that, that are needed for success on the battlefield. Okay? You don't look too cross. But there is also a dragon and tiger realm, uh, or tiger dragon and tiger approach to doing your techniques. Okay, All techniques have a dragon side and a tiger side. The dragon side is when everything is working super well, and you have control of his balance, you have control of your balance, and you need their minimum to affect things, okay? So think Hatsumi Sensei and the way he moves and does things, okay? Hmm. The tiger realm is just unleashing hell on this person, right? It's Think about a tiger mauling somebody, right? So your techniques have way more bite, bone-breaking power, all that kind of stuff, right? You are taking his body apart, right? Um, it's very difficult for people to cross those two, two sides because their basics aren't very good, or when they put the power into it, they go overboard, and then their taijutsu goes to hell, right? 
but there is a difference in the tightness between the two as well, right? So for anybody who's been around for a while uh, and knows what I'm talking about, think Ishizuka Sensei's dojo and the way Kasem trains, right? That's Tiger training, right? But you actually should have both because there will be situations where you just you need to you need to break this guy down as quickly as possible and get out of there because your life depends on it. You know, think back alley, think uh, workplace violence kind of thing, battlefield, whatever. Okay, mm. but there are other situations in your life where you want a very light touch because if you go all animal on somebody, not only could you be in trouble legally, but any of your friends or family that saw that would be immensely traumatized because they're going to be left with yeah. thinking of you in a very different way than they ever have, right? So think right. Uncle Bob who starts something at the family picnic, and you need to calm this thing down and you whatever, but he takes a swing at you. If you execute your techniques in the tiger realm, you're going to have a lot of family members not wanting to hang around you anymore because they are going to fear for their lives. Regardless of how much you try to explain yourself, it's not going to matter, right? So, again, this art is way more diverse than most people even imagine it to be um, because of these two sides, right? So that that's one that's, that's the, kind of the, the preamble or the, the preface to uh, Roman's question here. But Roman's question really has two parts to it, right? One is um, the depth of it, and two talking about these instructors and the, and the personality and, and are these things determined by personality, right? So let, let me just finish out the first half of this uh, with the, the extent of these and how this is wired into the training, and you should be training on both sides, just like you should always be doing left and right. So if we pull the Migi and Hidari from the Koto school, from their Kudai-Dori school, where the, where the Kamai are, right? Migi and Hidari is not just talking about training left side and right side, okay? Right side, when I when we say Migi, we are talking about the dragon realm that I just described, okay? Your, your Kamai is, is perfect. Your your technique is, is right on the money. You've got control of this guy. Uh, you don't need very much, right? So, and in this context, Migi Sagan is Sagan being used as a weapon, Okay? You are attacking with your Kamai. Now, I just said that was Dragon Realm, right? Yeah. But you're not overly emotional. He's not in control. You are. So your Kamai is a weapon, right? You're in this position, and the feeling in this Kamai is, I will control you with the tip of my weapon, or in this case, my lead hand, and my heart, which means my intentions, okay? You get to attack me when I say it's okay, and when you do, it's done, okay? Mm. So, uh, you know, like borrowing the, the definition or the translation or the, the feeling in Ichimon's no Kamai from the Gyoko Scrolls, um, I'm so confident in my Kamai that I can win with this alone. That kind of thing is going on when we discuss Migi. Everything is correct. It is perfect, right? You are in control of this encounter. You're not fearful mm. or anything like that. Hidari Sagan, when we talk about Hidari here, now it's rough and raw. So it's still the tiger realm, and I, I know I talked about unleashing hell and all that, how this sounds like a contradiction, but you got you have to understand what we're talking about. The dragon realm is always about where you're in control and everything is working well, and you don't need 
a lot. I, I can still wreck this guy, but I don't need to be animal-like to do it, right? I'm in control. I, I'm in charge, all right? The tiger realm is always rough and raw, so there's anger in there. There's ferocity. There is, uh, there's emotion driving, right? It's not cold and, um, and, and you know, like, a, like the edge of a sword. It's just cold, and it's going to get the job done, and it's done, right? Tiger side is very rough and raw, emotional, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So in this case, when we talk about Hidati Stagon, right, you are being overwhelmed. This is how we introduce people to this whole idea of Ichimonji and Stagon early on in the training because we use the emotional modes that a lot of people reject, right, the, the five elements and how they represent mm. emotions and things like that. So when we introduce people to this, we introduce them from the perspective of the water level represents defensiveness, right? So you are hiding, you are guarding, you are, uh, you know, your heart is leading, right? You're you're afraid for your life, okay? So Hidati Sagan looks very rough. It's not this perfect form that, uh, you know, some of the master teachers are, are teaching, right? It's it's very rough. If you look at the um, the Koto Ryu video from Quest that Hasmi they put out way back in the day, this is what he's describing in the Kamai section when he describes the difference between Nigi Sagan and Hidari Sagan as well as all the other Kamai. Right? You still have these two reflections. One, I'm in control, I'm in charge, everything is right, my Kamai is a weapon. In the other one, right, Hidari side, it's very rough, it's very raw, I'm either afraid or I'm hiding or I'm pissed off or whatever, and my kamai is reflecting my heart, right? It's reflecting mm. that side of things, okay? So if I were in Sagon, my torso is pitched, my head's pulled back, you know, I, or I could be my head ducked under and I'm, I, you know, hiding behind my limbs. Uh, there's there's an edge, uh, this hoppy, skippy kind of adjustment kind of thing that's going on with my footwork. Uh, it's much more raw, right? So um, either way, right? So the first part of the answer is you need to be training in both. The second part of this question, um, do you, you know, do, do you select this based on your personality type? Um, the answer is yes and no, because in the moment, based on how you operate under pressure, think when your wife or boss is pissed off at you or whatever, right? Um, mm. If you run and hide, then you're already you already know which side you're on, right? Um, if you stand your ground and you're not shaken by it, and I don't mean stand your ground and be emotional in the other direction. I don't care if you're pissed off or afraid, and that's why you're storming out of the room or, uh, you know, engaging no. in the fight or whatever. Emotional Emotionalism is emotionalism, right? But if you're, you know, very cold about it, you listen to what they're saying, and you rationally have counters and, you know, a good... In a balanced debate between two people that respect each other, okay? Or they're ranting and raving, and you wait until they take a breath, and you say, are you finished? Okay? Now, here's what you need to hear, okay? And you go in and dissect their argument um, with cold logic and rationale, right? Now, that's sneaky, okay? So we have to be clear about how we define these things, right? But, um, you know, so will some people gravitate toward passivity? Yes, Will some people gravitate toward um, standing up, puffing the chest, and full-out engaging? Yes. Okay? So one or the other of these realms 
may be very attracted to you because you can see yourself in it. So that's going to be your preference. But that doesn't mean you're relieved of your obligation and responsibility for training in the other side and developing that side of yourself. The edge of the blade, the blade has two sides. Okay? And you can think left side, right side, Uda and Amote, but I'm also talking about edge and spine. Okay? There's a side that cuts, but there's also a side that slaps. There's a side that breaks bones, that kind of thing, right? So we need to have, we need to be well-rounded. Okay? So um, now this is no different than any other, any other part of our lives. Okay, and we say that people are living to their realm or living uh, to their nature. When we talk about the mandala and all that, you've done Nikyo training with me, so you've done a little bit of this mm-hmm. stuff. Where uh, when somebody's trying to find their place on the mandala, they're trying to find their their natural wiring or at least their programming to where they are now, right? And their natural proclivity. People that uh, are uh, we we say that they're they're uh, they're in an exit, right? Uh, we could say mask mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, that's where they've been convinced by other people that they're a certain way. My ex-wife was like this, right? And it's not nothing against her. We just didn't mesh very well. Um, but she was conditioned from early childhood to not be herself, right? She had to live mm-hmm. and operate be a certain way. So where she thought she was on the mandala when she did this kind of training, she was always lost and she was never getting um, results because she... She was going based on her definition given to her by other people about who she was, Hmm. not her true self. So until she found that thing, she could never navigate the lesson. She could never navigate things um, correctly because she wasn't being authentic, right? She Hmm. was living based on a definition. So, um, But you can look around the world and see how people um, are attracted to certain hobbies or they're attracted to certain university programs. Uh, they're attracted to certain jobs based on their personalities, okay? Uh, and they gravitate. So people that are pacifists, people that are very intellectual or philosophical or that kind of thing tend to gravitate toward uh, the softer humanity, psychology or softer science, uh, science, psychology, anthropology, sociology, those kind of things. Uh, people that are very left-brain analytical, uh, those kind of things, very scientific, gravitate toward the hard sciences, physics, uh, engineering, those kind of things, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, un- unless they have no choice but to do something because they need to support their family, um, and you can tell those people because they, they don't like their job, right? They they have those sayings, right, that it's a living, it's a, you know, whatever, right? Um, it is what it is because they're not living to their true self. This is not the same. While people will do that, given the option, or not given the option, not being told how they should be training, uh, lacking the guidance, right? They'll gravitate towards one or the other of these things, just like they gravitate towards certain teachers, because the teacher teaches the way they want to learn. So tough guys will train with tough teachers. Passive guys will train with passive soft training teachers. That kind of thing, right? Uh, so is that is that part of this? No. It's uh, a possibility and a probability for most people because they want to train the way they want to train, right? But basically, they want to t- pick and choose what they want that the teacher gives them um, as though their own ego is the arbiter of what correct training is. They couldn't give a shit less what the teacher says. Or they will leave one teacher 
who's not teaching the way they think it should be done and go find another one who does it the way they want to do it. Kind of like university students now, um, you know, kind of hold the university and the teachers and the professors hostage because they want to learn a certain mm. way. It doesn't matter what truth is. What matters is what, you know, how they feel when they're learning. So, you know, it, it's just very different. So training should challenge you. Training should make you feel uncomfortable. Training should treat you worse than any bad guy could ever possibly treat you. Body-wise, head and heart-wise, perspective-wise, and all that. The training is the, the, the sword maker's hammer and kiln and all that to beat the shit out of you so that you can become that beautiful, shiny, deadly uh, piece of art. How, how ironic is that, right? How, how much of a conundrum or not a conundrum, but a, a contradiction is that, right? But you have to go through the same process that the sword does. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you need to train on both sides because that, again, is a different option, that each of those is a different option based on different kinds of scenarios, right? Not every time somebody attacks you are they going to be a killer. Not every time somebody attacks you do you even need to show your Taijutsu prowess. Not every time somebody attacks you do you even need Taijutsu because they're not that good, right? It's a pushing-shoving match. Do you need to go to Kamai? No, why would you? Because if you go to Kamai, you're going to show your skill, and one of two things are going to happen. You're, You're going to present yourself as way deadlier than you need to be, and the law's going to step in. Or two, you're going to ramp up that fight because he was just testing the waters, and now you just caused him to turn the volume way up. Okay? Mm-hmm. So then there's this goes back to Chris's question earlier. Budo Taijutsu, right, it's always about the warrior winning. Be strong, get in there, do the job. Nimpo Taijutsu, okay, present an image that controls the situation while still allowing you to be invisible as a threat and as, you know, somebody worthy of attention. Okay? So, um, you know, can you can you defend yourself by looking like you don't know anything? Right? Because hmm. you know, at the end of the day, the, ninja, the, the warrior's job is to let everybody know that I uh, stand here protecting this thing. That's not a problem, right? That's the tiger side of our training. The ninja side of things is to work our will without being noticed while being invisible. That's the dragon side of things, right? Mm. So it, it crosses over. Even our nin symbol, right? Both both halves of our nin symbol, there's two kanjis that come together for the people who don't know it, right? There's the pole, right, the, the, the edge of the blade, right, uh, or the blade itself, and there's the kokuro, or the shin, the heart, right? Um, and they come together to represent endurance and perseverance and all that, because even though the enemy holds his blade, at my heart, or in some cases, in some definitions, in my heart, uh, I can't move. I can't do anything at the moment, which is kind of where the other, the alternate definition of patience comes in, right? Um, even though they do that, I will endure. I will survive. I will persevere. Both of those actually represent the two different realms. Okay? The blade represents our martial skills, right? our combat skills. That's the tiger realm. The heart represents our societal uh, skills and our ability to be successful and accomplish our goals and all that in every day-to-day life. Right? That's the dragon realm. Okay? 
you don't let those two cross because the skills of fairness and all that wonderful stuff that work in society and day-to-day life don't translate well onto the battlefield. Okay? Try to be fair and, and you know, spare this guy's life and all that. You can find a knife in your back okay, on a battlefield. Mm. If you bring the tiger into society, you're going to get locked up or worse. You're yeah. Killed, okay? Because they don't, they don't translate. Okay? They cross over every once in a while on that line when there's violence happening and violence is the answer. Right? But there's still a slide scale of how much violence in this moment. Right? And, I mean, this goes back to, it doesn't matter if we're talking about Western culture, Eastern culture, or anything, right? Warriors, and again, the definition, it's kind of gray, uh, for a ninja warrior. What is, what is a ninja warrior? And I don't mean American ninja war- I don't mean those guys, right? <laughs> they're just kidding, right? I don't mean those guys, right? I'm impressed when I watch that show, but, you know, it, it, whatever, right? But... What do we mean when we say warrior conventionally, and what do we say? What do we mean when we say ninja warrior? Okay? This is this is this is a uh, food for meditation, right? Hmm. Really understanding what it is that we're talking about. So, so uh, yeah, I, I'm assuming Robin's going to listen to this later. But uh, does anybody have any questions or comments on that topic? Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm looking over on the webcast side here. I don't. Uh, so we have to wait until those people actually uh, hear us, which will be 18 seconds in our future, and then they have to type things in and send back. So, uh, any, anything? Uh, I, I'm assuming you unlock things, or yeah, you yeah. Uh, anyone yeah, that's on the call? Uh, wow, there's some people that I have not seen on any of my calls here. Wow. Hmm. Mr. Francis is here. Wow. Check this out. All right. Awesome. Any questions on any of that stuff that I covered? Not a question. Stunned in the silence. Maybe they muted themselves out. I mean, heads explode. That's what happened, right? Or they just think I'm full of crap and they, uh, you know, they're going to go off and listen to somebody who's going to tell them what they want to hear anyway. So, my Pluto nature just keeps poking its head back in, doesn't it? Actually, I, I use the word Fudo because uh, the, the name Fudo because everybody uh, relates to that, or you know, mm. most people know that more than they know any of these other uh, light kings uh, or the what I call the Fudo brothers uh, on the mandala. <laughs> and Fudo is my guy that I'm working on this year because of my uh, my my goal and, and that nature that I want to bring out. But uh, my uh, uh, my personality type on the mandala is actually more related to Aizen-nyo uh, or Gozanzen-nyo, uh, which uh, they, they're the same flaming guys and all that. They just have more eyes and more arms, all that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, they really do come at things. One comes at things from the perspective of uh, cold and clarity, and if you come at me with opinions and things like that, I'm going to ask you several different questions, one of which is going to be, What's your evidence? What hmm. studies have you done to show me that that is true and not just your opinion or your chosen belief system? Because that's what makes you feel good and comfortable. Okay? Uh, I'm going to ask other questions, too, like, okay, well, you can do that, but at what cost? So you get what you wanted, but who else, um, who suffers as a result because you got your hmm. thing, right? Uh, or whatever, right? There's just, you know, whatever. Um, 
But on the Aizen side, that's uh, that's um, like Fudo, but from the perspective of love. Right? So we could call that dad's tip of the boot love kind of thing. Right? So hmm. we're going to accomplish things, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be pleasant because those Anze and Aizen both had fangs and flames and weapons and all kinds of things because it's not about the kind of compassion that most people think of when they say compassion, where they mean uh, sympathy. Um, this kind of compassion is giving the person what it is they need, whether or not it feels good. Uh, this is not may, may not be what you want, but it's definitely what you need. Okay? Hmm. So, uh, which is not always taken that well by the recipient because you're being mean. <laughs> yeah, no, generally I'm not. I'm being mean, I'm being very direct, and I'm being very matter of fact. Don't confuse that with me, because when I mean, things on your body break. So uh, that'd be like a teacher, right? Um, we teach you break fall so that I can teach you how to throw, and I can teach you how to break fall out of some uh, away from somebody that's really throwing you to break, right? Yeah. Does that feel good? No. But what's the alternative? You don't prepare. You get broken. You avoid skills that you don't like doing, and you get your body broken, right? Yeah. So then whose fault's that? Well, my teacher should have taught me even if I didn't want to learn it. You know what? Sometimes we just back off and go, you know what? Screw it. Do what you want. (laughs) As one of my teachers was fond of saying, you're a grown-up. You can do what you want. We would highly Hmm. suggest that you don't do some of it just because it's stupid. But you're a grown-up. You've always wanted to do whatever you wanted. You've always wanted to be all about you. Here's your chance. Yeah. So, But uh, past masters would have allowed their students to do that I highly doubt that we would be talking about something that's over 2,000 years old. Right. You know, so, anyway, what else do we have? Roman's not here to defend himself, and nobody else is speaking. Well, that, that pretty much takes so, us to our time. So, without any other further questions, we're, uh, yeah, we're so, running up against uh, it. A quick reminder to people, May 18th, 19th, and 20th is spring camp. This year's theme is power, uh, stealth, and invisibility. So whether we're doing kaijutsu or whatever, those those are the, the principles and concepts we're really going to focus on. Uh, so if you can make it in for that, great. If not, we'll miss you. Uh, the video training is always available. Um, what else was I going to cover during this? Crap, I forgot. Oh, yeah, we're delaying the... Um, the, the contest. We're for the winners, the contest, until we actually have more participants. Uh, and if we don't, I will get prizes next week. I'll do exactly what I said I was going to do, because that's what I do. Um, but we will take that as a sign from people that they don't want to want to do the whole contest thing. Um, so in fact, it's right after I uh, put up the contest last week where, uh, you know, people can win those things, a bunch of people jumped on the website and actually just bought the programs outright. So that may be a sign that they don't want to play games and win it, but they just yeah. need to be reminded that, oh, yeah, I, I wanted to get that program. So um, right. they just didn't. And that's fine. That's fine. We don't, you know, we'll have fun in different ways. We don't yeah. need to have content. It was just an idea that you and I had. <laughs> and then uh, we, we are, we're, we're finalizing, we're, we're, we're trying to pick a, uh, a group that will be producing our, our T-shirts, right? And as as yeah, we have that, yeah, still working on that. Uh, I think we, we have a... A site for that, but uh, I have to okay. do some further adjusting to the uh, to the design for the the new yeah. site. So the the design that, uh, there is a little different. As soon as we have that finalized, we will 
put that up and people can uh, get their official Kuden t-shirt. Yeah, right? that'll be, be cool. cool. That'll be way cool. All right, so let's do this just to be fair to everybody. Let's un- unmute things and open it up. Any last-minute questions or well, we can't do topic ideas. We're at the, almost at the end of things. We've, we've done our hour, and they're going to boot us here soon. But um, let's see. Um, Mr. Francis said, I can hear you but can't respond as I'm still at work, and that's fine. So if, if anybody has any questions or comments or topic requests, and you'll hear this at the end, uh, you can always send those things in. You can post them on the Facebook page, uh, including comments to to the sessions for you know for or the uh, the commentary or whatever you want to call that for today. You can post that on the Kuden page. If you are in the uh, if you're actually a, a Kuden member uh, and you're on the mailing list, uh, you can send things that way. You can send it through to the email or the uh, website address at warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Whatever, so don't worry about it. You listen at work, and as, as things pop up, uh, our guest last week, Paul, uh, he sent me an email later and said, uh, at that point, this was a couple of days ago, he had already listened to the recording like three or four times because there was, every time he listened to it, there was more and more that he pulled out. Um, yeah. That uh, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, and he and I are actually discussing doing a full-on uh, training series on the topic from last week on that uh, Tonkamu Jutsu. Uh, oh, cool! There's so, much, there's so much in there. We can probably come up with um, five or six, if not more, um, uh, different trainings for that. So there'll be a whole series. Each one will be a, a different kind of a sub program with everything going mm. together. Um, you know, for the whole thing. So uh, that's not that's not something we can do in an hour. Obviously, we try we did try yeah. last week. So. Uh, yeah, but he and I are going to be doing some strategy uh, meetings to uh, to do that. So that'll be cool. All right. So any last-minute questions or comments before we wrap this up? Put another one in the can, as they say in the production. In the can. In the can. Well, uh, I don't hear anything. Uh, everybody's oh, unmuted. Q&A is all done. Okay. Yeah. Q and A is what? Q and A is nothing new. Looks like that's all. Nothing new. All right. Well, nothing more uh, coming either, in there. Um, either I'm that good at covering this stuff where there's no questions, or I made heads explode and they're going to need to listen to this again <laughs> to come up with questions, or uh, who knows? Or or <laughs> uh, so knows? anyway. Yeah. Who knows? Did you have anything to throw on this on this fire before we wrap this up? No, no, I think I, I, I'm, I'm good. I, again, I've got a full page now here of notes. So I, I often spend the show writing down stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. And then, like Paul does, I go back and I listen, and I hear more stuff when I go back and listen to him again. So. Oh, uh, I know what it was. You and I had mentioned this earlier because you always send these little questions to me because uh, you're way interested in like the Nikio stuff and all that. Um, mm. And I have a couple of programs out for that, right? We have the Ninja Mind thing, which is the, the Mikio stuff, the key points or key lessons within the Mikio training for the ninja psychology, ninja mind kind of thing. I mean, we have the Ninja Motivation and Influence program, too, which is really about how to uh, get people to do what you want. <laughs> so, yeah. um, that's a, that's a, again, that's an introductory kind of thing that's more borrowed from modern psychology with a lot of the, the, the Nippo uh, things in it. But we have the seven, first seven steps on the path of a Buddha 
which is an introduction to things from that side. And a lot of people don't want to even touch that because they think it contradicts their religious views or whatever. So we'll leave that alone. But I mean, for those people who are interested in that, that's the precursor program uh, that you have to know at least those key areas of training before you get involved in Mikio because Mikio is all of that in uh, uh, symbolic form, right? Mm. Uh, and mm-hmm. then it runs from there. And then I had the uh, the Jusan Butsu course, which is the 13 Buddhist and Bodhisattvas, which is the system that actually predates, it's Mikyo that predates the dual mandalas, right? Hmm. Uh, yeah, so if you, if you look at the way the mandalas were developed over time, uh, the Jusan Butsu came first, that's 13, and then that was reduced to the nine on the Taizokai, and then that was reduced to the five primary ones that are on the Pungal top. Hmm. And then in the Lotus Sutra, you have the idea, you, you know, you had the uh, the Hinayana, right, the smaller, lesser vehicle, that was the Theravada Buddhist stuff, the primitive stuff that uh, the Buddha actually created, and then uh, the Mahayana, the greater vehicle, and the Hinayana name was actually come up with by the Mahayana people. And it has nothing to do with it being lesser training or greater training. It's that because of the requirements, the Hinayana, less people could actually engage with that. Mahayana was designed so that more people could engage with it. Vajrayana is mm. a Sanskrit way of discussing what in Japanese is called Mikyo. But in the Lotus Sutra, there's this concept of Ekayana, which means one singular vehicle. And that's really where the Hinayana, Mahayana, and Vajrayana are all one thing. There, it's hmm. that three-in-one, one-in-three concept we talked about from the Gyopo school, mm-hmm. right, um, in Buddhist form. Pretty hmm. cool, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shit that falls out of my mouth, huh? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you and I were talking about how we uh, there's lots of people that are interested in doing the Mikyo training, but we don't have a program in place for people yeah. who want to do that with weekly calls and uh, coaching and and all that kind of stuff. We don't have anything like that, but um, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to hear in, uh, from people that were interested in that kind of training. Uh, if you are interested, then we could uh, we could do it because I've um, I've had requests for doing like the seven steps path or seven steps on the path and and ninja mind and all those kind of things again as a live program because people would want to do the interactive thing rather than just going through the portals. So. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think. I mean, if, if you're interested in this kind of training, uh, I know Eric is. He's chopping at the bit to do more of this stuff. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I can always do one-on-one with people. But there's just there's, there's a kind of power to group training, right? And that's why you, know, you develop the Sangha, right? The, right, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Business because everybody benefits from everybody else's questions and, and, and things like that. So. Uh, anyway, so if you want to do that kind of thing, we can uh, we can we can explore that as well. So Eric would love it. I don't do it because Eric don't do it because Eric wants to do it. Um, one, one of the things in Nikyo, uh is that uh, the student is very often told no just to see if he's going to come back and ask again. Because if you're easily dejected, then you have no business hanging out around truth because you obviously don't want to hear it. You want easy drive up window uh, lessons. <laughs> Give me a number five with fries. <laughs> no. Do that with the yeah. I can't wait till this interactive. The, the, the internet and all that is just more interactive. I'm going to ship out suits to everybody, 
and they can put them on, and then, you know, I can punch you or send you <laughs> close in the distance. Right? That's yeah, I don't think that's very far off. You know, we're getting close to that. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. VR. I, I keep VR training. My stepson loves love the combat uh, video games. Uh, and he yeah. laughs when people blow, get blown up and stuff like that. Now, I have a problem with those because I've actually lived through combat. So um, yeah. he and I have a different perspective on this. And I looked at him with a smile on my face, and I said, I can't wait till they develop those suits. That you get to feel pain when you're engaging in those kind of games. You get to feel right. the same kind of game, and it's not a detachment kind of thing. Uh, maybe it won't be as pleasurable. Mm. So, yeah. you know. Anyway, maybe that's why more people play martial arts video games than they actually come to the dojo. Yeah, right. You, you, know, you, you don't have to wait to heal up before you hit the reset button play the game again. So, anyway. All right. Um, I'm going to let you wrap things up if uh, Excellent. we don't have anything else. Yeah, thanks for uh, everyone for joining us on uh, on this episode of Kuden, and uh, thanks again to Christopher. Great question, Roman. Great question as well. And you know, kind of as I said at the beginning, uh, your questions can really fuel the fire of our discussions. Uh, of course, you know, we always have things we can we can pull up and talk about. But um, keep keep the interest coming with your questions, and and we'll work to get those answered on upcoming episodes of Kuden. Best way you can interact, of course, is through the Facebook page. But we're glad people are getting this now on iTunes, Google Play, and all those other great podcast services as we continue to roll those out. So thanks, everybody, for uh, being here with us on this episode of Kuden, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Kuden, the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. For more information on upcoming martial arts seminars, camps, and classes with Sheehan Miller, or to submit a question or discussion topic to the show, call 570-884-1118 or visit warrior-concepts-online.com. 